Blog Talk Radio. Listen, for those of you that are going through, for those of us that are waiting on His promise, understand God has not forgotten you. When times get tough, you got to look up to heaven and encourage yourself and say, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. I tell you what, we have an awesome, awesome show tonight. We have a best-selling author with us. And, Brian, we have a lot of people that listen to our show that are struggling right now. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in tonight's show. So if you have a pen and a pad, please keep it handy because I I have my pad ready and I have my pen in my hand and, and I just believe that we're going to have a blessed, blessed show. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Greg, the title of the show tonight is The Struggle is Over. And so, you know, I, I want to highlight like we've been doing in the past couple of weeks that the struggle may be over for us. It may be over for our guest tonight, but there's still a huge struggle going on in Haiti, and the folks in Haiti need our thoughts, our prayers, our financial support, our physical support. You know, they're going into the hurricane season, you know, and the sad part about it is that not only after the hur- the earthquake, not only after the famine and the you know a lot of the relief efforts that have not been able to help all of the people now they have to face uh hurricanes mudslides and the huge rainy season that occurs every year in that country so please put out your thoughts your prayers your financial support to those uh to that nation to the Haiti the nation of Haiti but Greg absolutely we got a great show tonight the struggle is over and I tell you, I want to bring on our guest because I want to hear what she has to say. We have tonight with us special guest and best-selling author K.M. Johnson, and she's the CEO of Everything's Eventful LLC and the author of A Blog About God by Trinity. She graduated from Florida A&M University in 2005, go Rattlers, with a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration is, and is currently pursuing a graduate degree in professional counseling. She travels extensively conducting inspiration and motivational seminars and workshops in the United States and across the globe. She was born on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and she currently resides in Houston, Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ms. K.M. Johnson. Johnson. Hi, good evening. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. Knowing the struggle is over. Wow, what a book, what yeah. a book. Where did that come from? You know, it, it came from um, just going through a couple of situations and really sitting down and trying to figure out what have I learned and why did I go through what I went through. And I, and I, I strongly believe that we go through our situations not just for ourselves but to also share with others. And, you know, at the end of each situation, I knew – that I had conquered that situation. So uh, what did I learn, and then how can I share that with someone else? Mm. <laughs> you know, Greg, I, I want to ask her, because when I heard the title, Knowing the Struggle is Over, you know, we have so many people that they go through struggles, as we all do, and they don't necessarily know that their struggle is over. They think they're still caught up in a struggle and it could be that they're out of it but they don't know that they're out what would you say would be one of maybe the key things in knowing that the struggle is over and without revealing too much about the book well one of the key things in knowing that the struggle is over uh you know i'm going to go ahead and tell you what the three steps are you know i give you a three-step process to getting through any situation in your life and one of the key one of the steps is uh, stop complaining, you know. Then the second one is to let go and let God, and the third one is to acknowledge him. And, you know, honestly, when you, once you stop complaining, you, you, 
you start to go to a whole nother uh, and that whole nother level. Once you start learning that, you know, everything is happening for a reason. You know, I think that 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 takes you to a whole nother level in your your process. Hmm. I stopped there so I can give you a little uh, opportunity to to think on that because you know, without revealing too much of the book, but I do go through <laughs> each of the processes and I. Um, it's more like a workbook, to be honest with you, because I'm working you through each of the situations so that you know by the end of that book that you've conquered whatever situation you're in at that time. And, and that's you know, great, of I, course. I guess, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Greg. I, I think what a lot of people may be wondering right now is does, does this work in any situation or is it just certain situations? Is it just any struggle? No, it's any struggle, you know, because the struggle is defined as anything that you are, uh, have, you're torn between. You're trying to get from point A to point B. You're trying to make a decision. You're trying to, you know, come up with a result. And so whatever you're going through, whatever conflict you're having, whenever you, you're not sure what to do, you're going through a struggle. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to say, Greg, she, she said an important word, a process. And, you know, so many people, when they go through, they don't realize that there's a process to get out. You know, it says when you're going through something, you go through it. You don't stay in it. Exactly. And see, you know, well, the basis, again, of the book is, is, is having faith in God and having faith that, he, you know, we, we say it all the time that he'll never give you more than you can handle. And we want to be you know, cynical about that sometimes because the result that we're looking for at the moment or what we're, you know, expecting to to see or we're wanting to have happen isn't happening. So then we're thinking, well, yeah, but why did I have to go through this? And, you know, one of the other things that I talk about in the book is, uh, you know, how sometimes what we're going through, we might have brought it on ourselves. And sometimes it's just something that God has or, has, has ordained for us to go through. Now, every situation, you know, as we know, it had to get by God before it could even have happened, and that's just, you know, point blank. We remember the story of Job, and I believe I talked about that in the book, but if if it's just something that you did, sometimes we do something to complicate our situation a little bit more, you know, it would have been a little bit easier had we have, you know, not tried to do something our way, and we had listened to what God was telling us to do. But not saying that, you know, he's not there to help us through it or he's not there with us, but the point is, is that he will bring us through that situation. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's funny. I was just telling somebody that, that you know, when you go through things, you know, God is always right there watching you go through it, and he's waiting for you to go through. <laughs> you know, he don't want you to just sit there and say, oh, I'm, you know, I, I'm having this situation and I don't know what to do. You know, there's a reason why it says you go through stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like to tell people sometimes that I feel like there's, you know, I believe that there's two doors that we have to choose from in life. And one is the door that God has opened for us, and the other one is the door that we open for ourselves. And, you know, honestly, the one that God has opened for us, guess what? He's, you know, that path is just going to be so easy, so sweet. And the one that we open for ourselves, it may be a little bit more difficult, but guess what? He's there in both of them, in both of the situations. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, Ms. Johnson, why do people, not people, I think we all do this, why do we, when, when we know that there's a struggle, when we know that there's something that we are dealing with, why do we turn to God last? And what I mean by that is, you know, when something happens and we just go all crazy, oh, my goodness, and we pick up the phone and we want to call our friends, we want to call everybody else, and then when that doesn't work and they can't give us the answer and the comfort that we need, what we say, oh, I'll just pray about it. So basically what I'm saying is why do we go to him last? Why do we make him our last? And he should be the first. That's, that's an excellent, excellent point. You know, he should be the first. Why? Because why do we make him last? Because we first think we can do it on our own. You know, first we think, well, let me try to figure this out myself. Then we think, well, I'm going to call in a little bit of help. But we, it's like we don't realize the power, you know, that God has and his authority, you know, and dominion over our lives. 
you know, we don't want to acknowledge him or give him, you know, the the acknowledgement that's due to him until we are at our last straw. You know, and unfortunately, that just sometimes prolongs our process. You know, if, if we had rather just gone to him and waited on what he had to say, then, you know, it, it may have made it a lot shorter. But because we don't want to utilize our first good resource, it makes it a lot longer. Now, I, I noticed that um, oftentimes when it comes to, you know, when you're in, a, in the middle of a situation, we look for things that are tangible. We don't want to just, you know, pray and then have to listen and wait for God to answer. That's another reason why we go to somebody else because we think, well, this person's going to give me an answer right now, right in front of me, and, it, and it's probably going to be a good answer. At least I know I can hear it. But, you know, instead of having the patience to just wait and listen, you know, quietly until he answers. Wow. You know, I, I, I'm listening to you say this, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I, you know, you and I, we've probably been talking about to the same person about the same thing because, you know, I have a friend of mine that I've been sort of mentoring, counseling, helping out with an issue that he's been going through for quite a while now, and I keep telling him the same thing, you know, you have an opportunity to fix your problem if you would just get out of the way of the problem, you know. Stop trying to fix it yourself. You know, and so you bring up an excellent point, and, you know, you sort of co-sign, and I hope my, hope that friend is listening tonight, so I'm telling you something that somebody else actually agrees with, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But it's it's so often that, you know, when you have those type of people that, you know, that are looking for an answer from everybody except for God, you know, at, sometimes God will send somebody with the answer. You know, how do you recognize those type of people? You know, how do you know that the answer that they're giving you is from God? You know, that that's an excellent question, too, because I, you know, faced that with an individual a, a few uh, weeks ago. I know that they were looking for an answer, and they kept saying, well, I want God to speak directly to me, and I said, you know, sometimes God will speak directly to you, but through someone else. And I think you just have to be aware. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be funny, but you really have to have an humble heart. You know, you have to be able to humble yourself to the point where you are ready to to listen to what God has for you. Because again, we know that He speaks to us in several ways, and not just, you know, directly, not just through His Scripture, but also through His people. You know, through song, through you know, a word through a situation, but you have to be humble enough to rec- to realize that that's how he can speak to you and then be ready to, to receive it. I, I think that um, a lot of times he's not going to speak to you through someone else until you're ready to hear it. And usually when you do hear it, you probably won't recognize it right off. It's going to take some time to where it begins to resonate within you and you're thinking, looking over your day or your week and you're thinking, you know, that person came to me and said this and that was really what I needed that day. You know, so yeah. I, I, that's, I, I hope that's the answer you were looking for, but that's, that's oh, really yeah. what, <laughs> that, that's how I feel that um, you would be able to recognize it. Yeah. Well, you know, now for, for those that are out there struggling and it just seems like, Everything is just falling apart. You know, you've had those days when you wake up first thing in the morning and you're like, okay, I've just been hit with bad news. Now this has gone wrong and that's gone wrong. And some people, they just throw their hands up and say, you know, what else? What else is going to happen? And and I guess my, my, my question is, how do you deal with your faith being tested? How should one deal with that? What should they do? Um... Should they pray? Should they try to do something um, that they normally would do, you know, that that will probably bring them out of that? What should they do? Well, of course you know, you know, you should pray. And your test is your testimony. And I I must say there have been many a time, many a times, it's hard to believe a lot of people don't, you know, believe it when I tell them. There have been many times that I've woken up in the morning and I've just been like, you know, Lord, I can't do this today. But then I realize if I don't do what I need to do today, that's just going to hinder me. That's going to hold me back from accomplishing whatever it is that God has 
placed enemies to accomplish for that day. And then guess what? Now the enemy has has won. I have been defeated. I didn't get that one menial task that I thought was menial done today that was going to help the kingdom of God. I didn't see that one person that I was going to inspire and encourage today that might have helped the kingdom of God. And so you have to realize that sometimes what we're going through is not just for us, but it's also for those that are around us. And so you still have to pick yourself up and you still have to keep moving on. And every morning, if you have to get up and look yourself in the in the mirror and say to yourself that I am more than a conqueror, you know, if you have to make your affirmations and say that, you know, I am a child of God. And if you have to remember that, you know, faith without works is dead, so I need to keep on working, then those are the things that you have to say to yourself to encourage yourself. You know, not trying to quote the, the songwriter, but yes, I am. You know, sometimes you do have to encourage yourself. You have to be that encourager. Sometimes you don't have those people around you that can do it for you. Sometimes you don't have someone that you can you can lean on and, and tell those things to that can speak life back into your situation for you. But we know that the power of life and death lie within the tongue, so we have to be able to speak for ourselves and speak for our future and speak for our situation. And then the more you continue to speak it, the more you continue to believe it. And, you know, the more it will resonate in you and you'll have that energy to, to go on, to push forward and to realize that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and though it may be dim right now, the closer I get, the more I move forward, the lighter and brighter that it will be. Awesome, 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 awesome. Ooh. You know, and let me ask you, what was your inspiration for writing? I, I, I never considered myself a writer, not not of a book or anything like that. I, Like I said earlier, I just really wanted to write because I wanted to share my my experiences with someone else because I wanted someone else to be blessed by what I've gone through. And, you know, when I was, uh, the actual moment when I got the idea to write, I was just driving down the, the interstate on my way home for the holidays at uh, Mississippi, and I, you know, just got to drop it in my spirit, you know, you need to write a book, you need to write a book about what you've been through. You've been through all these situations, we'll write about it. And I know there's a lot of people out there that he's done that to and that have just waited you know, but but when he told me, I I, re- I responded to the call. You know, as soon as he said write that book and let people know, I sat. You know, I got ready and I, and I sat down and I wrote that book because if I haven't learned anything during my my struggles, I have learned that obedience obedience is better than sacrifice. That is awesome and correct. You know, and we have a lot of authors that we that we interview, and when I ask that question to all of them. It seems I always get a different answer, you know. And so I would say that definitely this was the first time that I've heard someone say, "Well, I'm not really a writer." <laughs> you know? But you know that just speaks to the power of God that is working in you and through you because He gave you something to do and you didn't hesitate. You said, "If I don't do anything else, I'm gonna get this done." You know. And we have so many people that do procrastinate and do wait and yeah Greg I'm talking about myself <laughs> you know and you know what would be your your advice to someone who had gotten inspiration on writing a book or doing a novel or anything of the sort you know what would be the first step that they would have to go through in order to get that ball rolling the first thing is to write you know when I when I started writing I I thought I think midway through, and I got caught up with the business of writing, and I started doing so much research that I forgot about my writing for a little while, and I was so focused on, okay, what do I need to do? How do I market? How do I get a publisher? How do I do this? How do I do that? And before long, I was overwhelmed to where I didn't want to write at all because I thought, oh, I have to do all this other stuff afterwards, you know, or I don't have the money and this, that, and the other. But why put the cart before the horse? You don't even have a horse, so why are you trying to figure out how you're going to tote the cart? You know, so I had to bring myself back and say, you need to just write. And so to anyone who has been, who, who feels the need to write or feel that God is leading them to write something, just sit down and write. If it's just one word a day, you know, after a week you're going to have seven words, you know, baby steps, if that's all you got to take. Yeah, I've told people to, um, to write an outline. You know, I, I, I read about that on several different websites when I was doing my research, that if you write an outline 
and, you know, for your different chapters, and then just expound on each of the outlines, just a sentence here, you know, a sentence there, and eventually you're going to have paragraphs, and eventually you're going to have full chapters, and eventually, guess what, you will have a book. But whatever it is, just, just baby steps, put your ideas on paper, and then go from there. That's so important. Also, do you think, I was reading something um, that you had written, and I think you, and some of the, you know, I guess you were saying that writing is, uh, you didn't say therapeutic, but I could tell that's pretty much what you meant, uh, um, that your writing um, pretty much got you through some things. It was uh, helpful to write. How important is it to write? I know that you said to write in the book, but how important is it to write when you're in that struggle? Well, I, I think it's very important because especially if you are writing about the situation at hand, you know, it's helping you see things in a different perspective. I'll give you an example. When I actually did the last, the final chapter of my book, and I did the uh, the editing process. I was currently, at, well, at the time, deployed to Iraq. And while I was going through that process, I was actually going through a struggle, you know, with, uh, with my superiors. And it was very frustrating, but all I had was that writing. And when I began to go through each chapter, and I began to see, you know, the words that I believe that God inspired for me to write, it helped me to put my situation into perspective. And I believe that by the time I finished editing that book, by the time I had made it through each and every chapter, I had actually made it through my situation. And so when I tell you that I know that that book, at the end of the three chapters or three sections, three steps, that you will know that the struggle is over, it's been tested, tried, and true for me. And so that's why I know that writing you know, doing the writing during that time helped me. And I know that that book helped me. Now, in that book, I actually, in, in Knowing the Struggle is Over, I actually have at the end of each chapter writing exercises for you to do because, like I said, I think that that's therapeutic. I know we hear that all the time. But to really just see what you're going through on paper, to see how your perception of the situation, to see what you're looking at, to 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 be able to visualize it and put it into perspective, those are very, very, very important keys. Yes. You know, I was going to ask you, you know, being from the coast, and this is a little off the uh, subject, but being from the coast of Mississippi, you know, how do you feel about this whole oil thing? Well... I have to be honest with you. I don't watch a whole lot of TV, so I don't know, like, the specifics of what's going on with the oil thing. Uh, I hear, I was talking to my mom, you know, the other day, and I said, well, I keep hearing so many things. They're talking about how the CEO needed to be fired or this person needed to lose their job. And then my mom was saying, you know, but, yeah, but they're, they're offering new jobs to other people, too. This is kind of providing jobs in the, in the meantime. And, you know, eventually, you know, eventually we, some good, very, every time you have some good, if you notice, there's always a little bit of, of that. And eventually it's going to even back out and, and be back where it needs to be. Now, I don't know um, what aspect you want me to tell you how I feel about it, but I, I do know that, if I'm looking just at it from a godly perspective, you know, everything, again, happens for a reason, and for a reason, everything happens. And so whether that was something that needed to, to place attention to just with all of the things that are in general are happening in the world today, to give more focus to just looking at the state of, you know, the condition of our, our world, because I'm not going to say just, you know, the U.S. or just our economy, but just if that was something that needed to bring attention to this, you know, the Gulf Coast, this section of the world, things happen for a reason, and we have to be able to kind of tune into to what's going on around us. Okay, but how do you feel? Well, <laughs> no, that's a great answer. You know, I was thinking the same thing, that, you know, things happen for a reason. You know, um, a, an associate of mine 
and I, we're talking today about the oil and how the oil crisis is sort of, you know, have, has sort of been abated with this whole oil uh, spill. And, you know, and I, and I was telling him, I said, you know, it's funny how oil has gone down in price, mm-hmm. even though we have two to three million gallons a day flowing out in the Gulf. It's like, if, you know, they're not collecting the oil, you know, then they can't charge us for the oil. And I was thinking, you know, look how God works. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, this thing happened and it was a horrible situation, but, you know, it created jobs, just like you said. You know, it also, you know, caused the oil prices to go down, which had been a completely huge burden on everybody. You know, I can't, I can't think of a person who had not been affected in some way by oil prices, whether because they had a transportation job, it cost more to transport goods, which cost more to purchase them, you know. And, uh, and so I looked at it as being, you know, a blessing and a curse at the same time. That's why I said with the, with the good, sometimes you have you're, you're going to have a little bad, but you know it's really again about perspective. And and if we focus on the negative, then that's all we're ever going to see. You've got to be able to look at your situation and flip it around and look at the positive that's coming out of it. <laughs> Absolutely, it's like my grandma said, "Turn that frown upside down." <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. When you were a little girl, Miss Johnson. Did you ever say, you know, I'm going to be a business owner and I'm also going to be an author? Were those your words or were those your thoughts? You know what? I I was thinking about this yesterday. It's funny because when I was younger, I said that I wanted to be on the cover of one magazine. I wanted to write one book and I wanted to touch one CD. And I said, as long as I did those three things, I would be happy. <laughs> mm. Okay. And look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> but little did I, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know that you're just so proud. And, you know, I, I've heard the hardest thing for a lot of people is to actually believe that they can do what they're doing. Uh, it's not so much the action part in doing it, but it's, you know, I've also heard, and, and even Brian and I, when we do things, it's, it's not the act of doing it, it's the act of believing that you can do it. And once you do it, there's a confidence, you know, a confidence builder. It starts to build, and mm-hmm. that's what, you know, we do, that's why we do what we do to try to help people write books and try to help people to, you know, to do what you're doing. Because it's, it's, we're, we're going into a time now where people won't be on jobs for 30 years. That's pretty much gone. Um, We want to do everything that we can to try to uh, let a person know their wealth and their value and be independent and make Mm -hmm. and do what they want to do and and also to be what God created them to be. Because you hear so many people say, I want to know what my purpose is in life. And when you're going through that struggle, that's probably the time that a lot of people really want to know that answer. Um, have you ever really asked yourself, Lord, why am I here and what am I here to do? You know, actually, actually, I did. I um, I sat down uh, on the sunny beach in Puerto Rico on my 29th birthday, not too long ago, and <laughs> and I actually went out there for the purpose of soul searching and seeing where it is that God wanted to take me in my life because I couldn't believe that what I was doing, and not even just the degree that I had achieved or, you know, all of the accomplishments, I I just couldn't believe that that's the route he wanted me to take because I wasn't as happy as I thought I should be. And um, it's funny because what I did was I made a list, and I, I made a list of the things that I like to do, the things that make me happy. Then I made a list of all of my my skills and abilities and achievements and accomplishments. And I looked at those things and I just just kind of sat there and meditated on that for a while. And and then I made a list of all the things that I would like to accomplish. I did my one year, my three year, and um, the five year. I did everything just in a short while. And when I looked over that list, 
last year while I was in Iraq, I had accomplished probably eight out of the ten things that I had written on, you know, my short-term list. And I didn't even realize that I had had accomplished those things. But I think at that moment when I started focusing on where I was trying to go with my life and, and, and what it was that made me happy and what my purpose was, then it helped me to really zero in on what I needed to do. And, you know, one of the things was that I loved helping people. And I used to laugh because I, what, one of my favorite things to do is to make somebody happy. And not in that crazy way where, you know, I'm just trying to be a people pleaser, but I just love to see a smile on somebody's face. I love to know that I've done something that has either, one, encouraged them or just, you know, straight up made their day, you know. And I said, so how can I do that? What can I do that will allow me to do that? Because seeing someone else smile just made me smile, you know, so that made me happy. And so, you know, I said, if I could just make people happy the rest of my life, what would I have to do to make that happen? Hmm. Wow. You have to do what you're doing. <laughs> That's what I would say. You know, you know what? I, I love what I do. I tell people all the time, would you rather wake up in the morning and say, man, i got to go to work, or would you rather wake up in the morning and say, oh, this is awesome, i got to go to work today, what can I do today, I want to get something accomplished. You know, of course you choose the latter. You know, you want to be excited about what you do. And I am excited about God. I'm on fire for God. I'm excited about what I do because all I do is work for God. He is my CEO. He is my boss. He's the one who sets my hours. And I love it. <laughs> I can't complain. I can't complain about that one. <laughs> not not at all. <laughs> you know, and that's so important that you love what you do because I guarantee you, if you did a poll of a hundred people, about ninety of them would say they hate their job. <laughs> you know, and it's all about perspective, because you know if you look at your job as being work, then of course you're going to hate it, because nobody really wants to do work. You know, but if you look at your job as an opportunity to get better or to do something to help someone, then of course you're going to love your job, especially if you like. If what you do, if you like helping people or you like helping uh, people accomplish goals or tasks, and, mm-hmm. and that's what you look at it. I mean, life is a set of tasks, and as you complete one, you get another one. And what happens is so many people don't complete their first task that when they get the next task, they're, they're, they, now they got two tasks that they got to complete. And, you know, they slouch on the second task, and they get that third task. And as those tasks keep coming, they keep stacking them up and say, I'll get to them. <laughs> You know know what, that's funny, that's funny because my dad and I were just talking about that yesterday, and I told him, I said, you know, instead of saying that today I'm going to finish what I started, why don't you just say you're going to start? Forget about the finish part, because when we know we have to finish something, it just seems overwhelming, but when we're going to start something new, it's exciting. So every day, what are you going to start, not what are you going to finish? Great advice, great. Your, Your father's a wise man. (laughs) <laughs> or did you tell you told your or did father you tell that, him right? that? <laughs> <laughs> I actually told him that, but I was going to let you give him some credit for being wise. <laughs> well, you, you know what? He is wise. You know why? Because more than likely, he imparted that wisdom to you, and you didn't realize it. That's <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> and I yeah, I allow my kids, yeah. I allow my kids to uh, let me take the credit. <laughs> <laughs> I bet your dad is just. Uh, proud as he can be of you because there's so many different ways with, you know, the children are growing up right now. There's so many different ways that they can go. And you and I talked a little bit earlier before the show, and I, and I was talking about the, the, the when the person is in that struggle and if they've been brought up in the church and they've been going to Sunday school and, and watching their parents pray, that person in in that struggle, that person is going to pull from that foundation that was taught to them. But for mm-hmm. those that were never given that foundation, that's the part that Brian and I. That's where we come in, and that's what, why we try to do what we do. And that's and I really truly believe that that's why you do what you do, to minister and serve and help people. But at some filling point, in the gap. Yes, at some point that person is going to have to pull from something 
and that's what and I just believe that that's what we do when we're in situations we go we go back we go way back okay what did grandmother say what did what did mom say when something like this happens but when you come up in that church you automatically know what to do have you ever been in a situation where you had to pull from what you knew from what was taught and brought up in you Oh, yes, you know, but it's it's funny because sometimes I actually believe that the the ones who have been brought up in the church, it may be harder for them to pull from that foundation at times because they've seen mom and dad and grandmother pray and they didn't see a result at the time because they didn't understand how God works, you know. But, but there have been times that I have gone through a struggle, and I remember, you know, okay, my mom said, you know, you got to pray. you got to pray without ceasing, you know, you know, the fervent prayers of a righteous man. You know, and so, yes, those things, but then it's like, but what have I seen, you know, with my eyes as a result of, of all of that praying? You know, I haven't seen anything. You know what I'm saying? And, and so that's why I guess I say sometimes it seems it's a little harder for um, for someone who's had gone to church, I grew up in the church, yes, and I, that was instilled in me a long, long time ago, but I steered away, and I had to find my way back, you know, I had to find, I had to understand God and know him for myself, and it was almost like someone who hadn't had that foundation, because I was starting on fresh new ground, you know, with a, a new foundation. You know, I, I, I tend to agree with you on that, because... You know, I'm not a preacher's kid, but I'm a preacher's grandkid, and I can tell you that my my aunts and my uncles will testify to the fact that sometimes it is harder because you don't see those results or you don't realize that the results are there. You know, I can remember that my grandfather used to say, when you have an issue, pray about it, and if it ain't coming fast enough, pray and fast. And, you know, I, I, I used to just, I, what do you mean pray and fast? You know, because at the time I didn't know what fasting meant, you know. I, and so when I tried it and it didn't work right away for me, I, I said, man, that don't work, <laughs> you know. I went back and, I, you know, I talked to my grandfather and he says, well, you know, whose time whose time clock are you punching? Mm-hmm. You, know, and I, and, you know, and he would always speak in these parables and these riddles. And I'm like, you know, tell me straight up. Don't, don't you know, I, I, I want to know why it's not working. He said, well. It doesn't work unless you work it. And that's what he left me with. It doesn't work unless you work it. And so, (laughs) you know, he was saying, in in essence, he was saying, don't pray and fast just when you have an issue, (laughs) when things are going bad, you know, when, when, when you don't get the desired results that you want. He said, make it a habit. You know, that that's very, very, very true. And I can say, like, from experience, you know, I, I was telling a cousin of mine a few weeks ago that we have to stay in prayer and fasting when it's when it's not, when there's nothing else going on, just like you need to continue to praise and, and, and thank and be grateful when everything's good. Because what happens is that gives you some reserve. You know what I'm saying? Because when those times come that it's so tough and you don't have anything else to reach for on that shelf, guess what? All of that praying and fasting that you did, it's on the shelf in reserve. You know, and so, you know, there there might come a moment where you you can't you can't fast because of your work conditions or you can't pray because of where you are or you know, whatever it may be. And that again, that's when that reserve kicks in. And, you know, sometimes we, we think that, you know, what we're doing right now is for right now, but everything is for, you know, a time and a season. And this just may not be the season that it's for, but this, but there always is that preparation period. And so, you know, you take, I, I speak about the calm before the storm all the time, so you take that time just like they tell us, you know, here in Houston, there's signs all over the interstate saying that it's hurricane season. Are you prepared? You know, we may not see a storm brew, you know, brewing up in the in the Gulf right now, or the winds may not be blowing hard, and there may not be any rain coming down. But you know what? You know what season it, it, it is, and so therefore, you need to be stocking up. You need to be preparing, and and that's the same thing I think that that we should do with our praying and our fasting and, and our you know praise. I like that. I like that. 
that, you know, I'm, I'm writing. <laughs> I'm writing all of this down. All this. <laughs> I am really in Yeah, I know I'm trying to contain myself because I was like, you know, I'm not going to get up here and start preaching. <laughs> didn't I, I thought I mentioned that, didn't I? I? I mentioned that earlier, didn't I? Well, that's okay. You can go ahead and do it. But I really believe that you're saying something that I, I, I believe that you're saying something that a lot of people really need to hear because so many people are depressed, so many people are angry, so many people are just wanting to give up. Um, have you ever been in a position where you want to give up? I mean, not so much want to give up, but just you just wanted that thing to end, that struggle. You wanted to stop. It's uncomfortable. You hated it. How did you, and what did you oh. do to deal with it? You haven't said nothing but a word. I mean, you know, like I said, when I refer back to that situation when I was deployed, you know, it was the worst situation I'd ever been in in my life that I could remember up until that point. And, of course, whatever situation we're in at the moment is the worst that we've ever been in. <laughs> but, you know, it was it was so bad that I couldn't even, I couldn't even cheer myself up. And I had gotten so upset. I had, you know, just fallen so down. I had become so down, so depressed. And I'm not a depressing person. I'm always happy. But I had gotten to the point where I was starting to question my faith. Here I am, the person with, like, the most faith in the world that I know. And I began to question my faith. Not my faith in God, but just my faith, period. That mustard seed that I know he gave me. That measure that every man has dealt. I didn't think I had it. You know, and I, I didn't know where to turn, and I knew I could turn to God, and I was praying, but I had been praying, and nothing was happening, and, and I'm sitting in, in, in my room, and I, just, I remember this day, and I was talking to someone on the phone, and I said, can't I just have my moment? Can't I just, for once, just not have any faith? Can I, can I just, you know, not have it all together for, for a moment? Can I not, you know, be able to... Can I, can I just look at my situation for what it is? Because it is bad, and I'm tired of walking around like it's not. And my friend said to me, no, you can't have that moment. <laughs> you know, he said, you have faith. You have very strong faith. You know who you are. And if you are to pretend like you don't have that or you're to think that you don't have it and allow yourself to get all the way down to where you lose what you know that you have, then I don't know who you are. And... You know, I got off the phone and I was just like, you know what, he's right because I'm not going to let my situation define me. I'm not going to let what's happening around me, the things that I can see with my eyes, affect how I go through. In my book, I I say that um, it is what it is, but what it is will not affect my disposition. And so, you know, what that means is that although it may just be black and white, it is what it is. There's nothing you can seemingly change about that that situation. You still shouldn't allow it to affect how you re how you are, who you are, how you react, because you still are who you are, regardless of what's happening around you. And so, I had to pick myself up literally, and and remind myself who I am and whose I am. And then I had to continue to push through the rest of that struggle. And you know what? I did. And that's the point is that nothing's going to last for a lifetime. Trouble don't last always. You know, eventually you're going to have to come through it. Eventually you will make it to the other side. You know, and it's a matter of how you how much you want to, uh, to accomplish making it to the other side because those who give up, mean, to me it means that you are not ready for it to end because, you know, at the uh, Ecclesiastes, what is it, 7 and 8, says better is the end of a thing right. than the beginning thereof. <laughs> so right. you got to push through. And you know what? It sounds like your friend told you, from what I just got from all of that, you better fight back. You better fight back <laughs> for your faith, and you better fight for your sanity. Because it sounds like you were at your lowest point, and he just showed up in the right nick of time to say the things that you really needed to hear. And that would be just like one of the situations we were talking about earlier when God speaks through another person, you know, and that's, you know, and, 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 just like then, when he spoke to me, you know, 
I was upset, but when I got off the phone and I sat there and I just, you know, I let it resonate and I really just turned back, you know, turned my head back up towards God, you know, I realized, you know, Lord, you're right, that, you know, that's not who I am. You know, you've already told me who I am, and I need to walk in that. You know, I just looked up that verse, and I actually like the better, I like the end of it. It says, the patient, it says, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Right. You know, that that to me resonates so much louder because, you uh-huh. know, you do see those folks that they have religion, they have, how, how does my pastor say it? They have religion, <laughs> you know, but they're no earthly good because they, they know it. They know that they're saved and they're walking in God's, you know, presence and, you know, and yet when you when you see them, that's all you see. It's it's sort of superficial. And uh-huh. so, you know, when you have that patient spirit, that quiet spirit, that nurturing spirit, you know, when you have those those things that are considered the fruits of the spirit, meekness, long-suffering, patience, you know, it, it, you it know so much louder. Yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, you know, that long-suffering, woo, that long-suffering. <laughs> I know that that's been, that's been a trial for me. But, you know, you were talking about the patience and just walking in the patience. That that became, you know, I know a lot of people don't want to be walked over and they think, oh, they're, they're picking on me or they're treating me this way because I'm trying to be, you know, bear the fruit of the Spirit or this, that, and the other. But some battles are just not yours, and, 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 and we fight against, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities. And so, therefore, the things that are happening a lot of times are, are way beyond our sight, you know, way beyond what we can see. And so we just have to continue to do what we know that God is asking us to do, you know, bearing those fruits of the tree. We have to be patient. We have to be kind, regardless of how rude or mean this person may be being to us, because what the way we react may color their future when it comes to them be you know, coming to the kingdom of God. And you, and we have to, you know, just be mindful of that, even though it may hurt right now, even though it may seem painful, it doesn't make sense, and we may be frustrated. You know, this may just be what is needed at this moment in time. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Today. You know, and, that, and Greg, I'll tell you, she said something so important. She said, it may be what's needed at this time. You know, a lot of times when we go through things, you know, we may not understand why we're going through it, but, it, it you know, some, sometimes you may be going through it so somebody else that goes through it, you can help them get through it. That's right. And, Brian, if we could, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, I think we may have some people that want to talk to our guests. Or maybe she said something that, that, that that's touched them. So if we could, let's go to the 228 number. Absolutely. 228, you are live with the Abundant Solutions Hour. Hi. Hello, Hi. welcome. Hi. Um, my name is Gail, and um, I was I liked what she said, and I bet she felt like Job when it was happening to her. And uh, sometimes I felt that she felt that sometimes um, God put, us in um, in that position, but it took me a long time to realize, you know, hey, maybe it's not the devil. I'm like, oh, God, every time, I, you know, it's something, God, the devil's doing this, the devil's doing that, but you know what? Sometimes God, God puts us in those, the position because, you know, as, you know, as Christians, um, we we go through things. Christians have it especially hard, and saints have it especially hard because we got we have to go through that, you know. And God will lead the way, you know. He's given us the Holy Spirit to guide us through all truth, and and His guidance, uh, His presence in our life, you know. And we have to put we have to put on the whole armor. And we just have to lead that life. So true. We can't, so true. We can't be so we can't be discouraged. That's right. I'm That's not right. I'm not saying we don't get discouraged because we you know we're human, 
But um, she has it right. She has it so right. And 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 um, I know it feels like sometimes you know it's 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 trouble after trouble after trouble. But it doesn't last always, you know. And if we leave if we leave the life. I mean, because, I mean, she's been through one thing after the other after the other. I mean, where else does she turn? She has to turn to God. So she is, she's doing the right thing, and she has the right attitude. Yeah, so so I, thank, I thank her, and her book is awesome. Miss <laughs> Johnson, you have anything you want to say to Gail? Um, you know, I was listening to you when you were talking about with, uh, you know, uh, thinking that the enemy may have done things to us or, or started to, you know, certain struggles in our lives. And one of the things that, you know, came across my mind was that I'm always telling some people around me, we give so much credit to the enemy. Mm-hmm. We never give credit to, to the Holy Spirit. We never give credit, you know, always when credit's due. Because even when good things happen, we say, something told me I should do this. Yeah. You know, something led me to this, this house or this cost. But what yeah. is that something? Because as soon as the enemy block something in your path, you're you're quick to say, you know, or Satan had me bound. But but when when the spirit, when the Holy Spirit, when God does something, we don't give Him that acknowledgement that is due. Yeah, we don't get we don't give Him the glory. That's right. That's right. And we should always and we should still praise Him when we are having a bad time because you know what we we should acknowledge Him at all times. You know because. I mean, we have to go through these. We have to go through these times. It's just he said enough. All things, yes, he said. All yes. things work for the good to those that love it. That's right. So even when and you I, think you're losing, even when you think you're losing, you're winning. That's right. That's right. And no one gives him the glory. Whenever we're having a bad time, everybody, oh man, you know. So we still should give him, we should acknowledge him for the good that he has done, the good that he's doing, and the good that he will do. And, you know, one of the tools of, you know, defeating the the enemy is our praise and our testimony. And so we need to, when God is doing something good for us, we need to be telling everybody, as many people as we can about it. And when, you know, when things are going good, we need to be praising and thanking him because that's that's also going to help you through your next situation, your next struggle. And I'm not even here to tell you. I said no when the struggle is over, but I'm not telling you you're not going to face another one after that, and I'm not saying that, you know, it, it may not even be kind of the same in a different rapper, but what I'm saying is that you will know that you're through with it and that it's already over before it even began because God is the one who's helped you through it. That's right. Thank you guys for letting me call in. Thank, thank you, Cam. You so thank much, you for Gail. calling. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I, I think Gail hit it right on the head. We, we absolutely, we tend absolutely. Give, we tend, yeah, we tend to give the devil too much credit, and a lot of times God is blessing us and He's answering our prayers, but He's just doing it in His way, and because His ways are higher than ours, we can't understand how He's doing it. And, Brian, you've heard me say this a lot of times. When you pray and ask God to do something, it's none of your spiritual business how he's going to do it. That's right. You know, one of the things that I that um, that our caller didn't mention is the fact that, you know, when you are going through those things and you, and you, and you hear people say, well, this happened, it must have been the devil. You know, a lot of times we do that not realizing that the only way that the devil can attack you is if that God removes that hedge of protection from around you. And the way you keep that hedge of protection around you is you constantly communicate, hey, God, I'm still here. I need that hedge. Hey, God. You know what? And sometimes, too, though, you know, going back to the story of Job, sometimes because he has so much faith in you, Mm -hmm. he will allow that hedge to be removed. Anyway, because he's going to turn around and bless you abundantly, exceedingly above all things. And so I think that we just have to really, you know, just be mindful that, you know, when I was speaking on Saturday, the one thing I kept saying is that God got your back. You know, just be mindful. God has your back. You know, so even if, especially if you know, you're like, I've been doing this, I've been doing that, and 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 I and, and Lord, I know I'm not perfect, and but I but I'm always praying, and 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 I'm and I'm fasting, and I'm, I'm seeking you, and I'm praising, you. I give you glory every you know 23 hours out of the day, and and you know and I'm 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 here for you, God, and I'm your humble 
servant. You know, what do you say? You do you not recognize me? You're, you're, you remember me? You're unful servant. You know, so, I mean, you're saying all these things, and you're like, but I don't understand why all this stuff is happening to me, Lord. You know, I, I, I thought it was happening because I didn't do this, but I went back and I corrected that, and I thought it was happening because I, I, I said the wrong thing to the wrong person. I looked at them cross-eyed and, you know, and this, that, and the other. But, but sometimes it's just happening because he's getting ready to bless you because he's, he's got something else in planning, you, and he knows that you can handle that situation that you're currently in. Mm-hmm. He has faith in you. It's a test. And, it's, like, mm-hmm. you know, and so got, it's like a pop quiz. Need... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's like a pop quiz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, yes. You know, and you need to have as much faith in God as He has in you. And 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 when you say the pop quiz, I, you know, I, I remember telling people sometimes you're gonna have that pop quiz. Sometimes you're gonna have that test that you knew you were gonna have. And and that is just hilarious that you just said that because I feel like I, I'm having this conversation all over again. <laughs> but you know, but what the thing, you know, pop quiz means you didn't expect it, right? You didn't know you weren't prepared. It just happened. But you know what? You you're equipped. Because, you know, God feels like he's already instilled in you everything that you need in order to pass this test. And guess what? If you haven't, he's, he's doing an assessment to see where you are. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once you well, you finish that quiz and he's done that assessment, what can he do? He can go back and he can get, equip you with the rest of the tools that you need so that when the final exam comes, he knows that you will pass. That's it. And what do they but say some people say, awesome. yeah. oh, I passed that test. I did what he wanted me to do. No, did you do what you thought you should do, or did you do what he wanted you to do? Mm. And so, you know, you you have to put it in perspective. That's so true. That's so true. And we have a, we have about three minutes left in the show, and I tell you what, you've really, really blessed me. And, you know, in talking about the quiz and talking about the the, the final exam, we all have questions. We all want to ask questions, and we feel sometimes that, that God is not listening to us and he's turning his head from us and we're calling him and we're calling him. But just like you and Brian said, you, you're going through that test. It's a quiz. It may be the final exam, but there's no talking when you're taking the exam. There's no questions. He'll talk to you after you go through the test. So, you know, you're yeah, you remember, Brian, when you wanted to ask a question, like, Brian, this is a test. You can't ask me nothing right now. You just got to believe that I'm in control and I'm going to do this. And and I believe in you that you're prepared to, to go through this, so just go through it. That's why he says study. <laughs> Show thyself <laughs> proof. <laughs> That's it. Well, yeah, well, Ms. Johnson, if you would, please give out your contact information. Um, there may be some people out there that want to get, you know, have you come in and speak or hold a workshop or seminar or just put you to work or something. <laughs> well, um, you can. the quickest way to contact is 800-428-3183. Again, that's 800-428-3183. You can also visit my website, my blog site, which is Michelle. J Enterprises. That's M I C H E L E, the letter J, enterprises.blogspot.com. And you also can uh, send an email to knowing the struggle is over at gmail.com. And I again, that's knowing the struggle is over at gmail.com. And where will we get the book? If we're a lot of people are interested, how would they buy the book and where would they buy it? Well, they can always order it from the uh, 1-800 number. You can go into any of your bookstores, local bookstores, and order it from the desk, as well as um, directly from my blog site. Awesome, awesome. And where will you be appearing next? Well, next I will be, I'll be visiting Pensacola uh, next week for a conference that's being held there with Mr. Donnie, Pastor Donnie McClurkin and Ms. Vicki Winans. But after that, I'll be appearing at the Harlem Book Fair in New York on the 17th. I'd love to see as many people out there as possible. And I'll be speaking about Hannah in relation to my book. Um, and then at the end of July, July 31st, I'll be in Gulfport, Mississippi, holding a Seeds of Faith workshop. So I look forward to seeing people there as well. Awesome, 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 awesome. You know, we got about 30 seconds before the end of the show, and I just want to thank our guests because you have done an awesome job tonight. And I'm, I'm sure we're going to have you come back on sometime in the near future. Uh, we thank you again. You've been insightful. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You've been insightful. You've been enlightening. 
You've been uplifting, and you've been informative. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we ask that you join us again next Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, where we'll have another wonderful and exciting show. Good evening. God bless you all, and good night.